Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Well, hello there, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm your host, Father Keith Brown, also known as the Bye Guy. And my mission in life, as well as the mission of this podcast, is to help my LGBTQIA Christian family heal their church trauma, create healthy and happy relationships, and construct authentic and affirming faith if they desire. So if that's you, guess what? You're in the right place. You are truly welcome here, I promise. Now, a couple disclaimers, if I may. Number one, the views expressed in this program are either the views of myself or my guests and they should be considered as such. Number two, I am not a licensed therapist, nor am I a medical professional. So if you need either of those services, please do consult a licensed professional. Otherwise, grab a cup of coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat on this episode of Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend. Welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm your host, Keith Brown. Tickled to death that you could join me today. Hopefully, you're having a fantastic day wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Um, just hope that you're just enjoying yourself and things are going well for you today. I really do appreciate you taking time to listen to this podcast wherever you are and whatever you're doing. And um, today is going to be a Table Talks episode, and it's going to be one by myself. I do have some some guests coming up in the near future, so hang on. There's some great guests coming up. But this is another solo episode. And I'll tell you where it came from. Um, I was sitting over a cup of coffee this morning. No surprise there, right? Coffee with Keith, right? <laughs> anyway, I was taking a cup of coffee. I was enjoying it at a restaurant. And I was sitting there. And um, this all came from my last weekend. Um, let me let me set this up with a little story time, if I may. And then I promise I'm going to give you three lessons today or three reminders. But anyway, um, my dad, who I love very much, died about nine months ago, around nine months ago. And it was extremely hard for me, extremely painful. I love my dad. He was my hero. Um, we didn't always see things eye to eye, I know, but I still loved him and respected him greatly. And he was a wonderful provider for my sisters and myself and my mom. But anyway, my mother... Uh, Sort of toward the last few years, my dad had some issues. Um, he had battled a cancer, and he, he had he had, had a stroke a few years ago. So he he was not as strong as he was, and there were times my mom had to take a little bit extra care with him. But he was still pretty good. I mean, he you know, could still walk, move around, do and go places. But he didn't travel much anymore. And my mom, even though she had been on cruises and, you know, my mom and dad had been in Hawaii and stuff like that, there was one place that she hadn't been that she always wanted to go. And it was Savannah, Savannah, Georgia. And we live in North Carolina. My parents live in the eastern part of North Carolina on the ocean. And 
So it wasn't terribly far, but it was just a place that she had never been and she wanted to go. So my wife and I decided that we would treat her to a weekend or a couple of days in Savannah, Georgia. So this past weekend, we went down and we picked her up and we took her down. And it was a wonderful trip. I enjoyed spending this time with my mom. And we came back, we dropped her off. And then my wife and I, the next day, drove back to where we live. And we were going along driving and it's sort of out of the blue it came up and and i asked my wife this question i said honey have you noticed something lately about me and she looked at me funny and it's because like what could this be right you know and i said have you kind of noticed that i don't worry as much about what other people say about me or to me i don't worry about other people's judgment as much and she sort of cocked her head a little bit and she said, you know, now that you mention it, yeah, I have. She said, what's happened? Now, here's the thing. For most of my life, from a little child, I have been a people pleaser. I mean, people pleaser to the highest degree. I mean, I had an A++ in being a people pleaser. I was a good kid. and I got the citizenship and award. I never had a detention in school. My parents never, you know, hardly ever had to discipline me. I, I was determined I was going to be the best kid in the whole world. I tried. I wanted to make them happy. I wanted to make them proud. You know, I put requirements on me that, quite frankly, my parents didn't put on me, but but I did. I had this idea that I wanted to make them and everybody else happy. And I think that that is something that carried through in life some. Even in my ministry, I was in a church and, you know, I, I wanted so badly to make all these people happy and to make sure that they were pleased with, with my work. And, and, uh, and when they weren't, it would be crushing because, you know, I was trying to, to do the right thing. I was trying to make them happy. And, but, you know, I eventually learned, you, you know, Jesus can't make some people happy. You know, that's just a fact. But I started getting to a point where I was less critical of myself, but there's still a part of me that was wanting to be a people pleaser. And the reason I mention this is because I think that this is a subject that a lot of people within the queer community deal with, right? Hopefully, I'm not the only one. Hopefully, I'm not the only people pleaser out there. But seriously, we are people pleasers in the community, a lot of us. And the reason for that is, I think, is because for a lot of our lives, we felt different. We felt less than. Let's be blunt. Some of us felt weird, right? We knew we weren't like other people. We knew that we didn't think exactly like other people. We knew that we weren't exactly like other people. And because of that, sometimes we had a lot of self-loathing. We were critical on ourselves, and therefore we tried to cover that up by being great actors and putting up a facade of who we thought we needed to present to the world. And part of that people-pleasing was being for other people who we thought they needed and wanted us to be. Does any of this sound familiar to you? Okay. So if that's the case, which I think it is, I believe that many of us have become people pleasers in our life. And we did that sometimes unconsciously. We did that without 
we didn't even realize at times that we were being people pleasers, but that was our normal operation. That was the way that we lived. Truthfully, we became people pleasers. Now, my wife went on to ask me, she said, why do you think that you are even less now than you were you know, a couple of years ago? And I said, um, honestly, I think it was my dad's death. In addition to the grieving of my father and the loss that I felt with that, it was also sort of a slap in the face, if you will, that I'm not a young guy anymore. You know, I sort of always had my dad in that, you know, period of life when he was, you know, playing basketball with me or he was taking me bass fishing or or whatever. And here he had reached a point that he was older and and suddenly I realized that well I'm no spring chicken either and if you've seen my picture on my website or you've seen any of my videos or anything like that you know that I'm not I I'm not always as old as people think I am but I am you know I'm not a young guy and so the realization of that and the finite idea of a limited life became very real to me, even more so after my dad's death. Now, I've always known that. Don't get me wrong. I, I have. But but I think that his death sort of triggered that to a higher degree, if you will. And so um, I started thinking about that. And and today, I, I, this, this podcast actually is recorded um, not on a normal recording day, but I wanted to do it while this idea was fresh in my mind because I sat this morning over a cup of coffee. Go figure. Coffee with Keith? Right. I was drinking a cup of coffee. And as Keith's brain often does, he gets something on his mind and he formulates these ideas around oftentimes a word that comes with that idea. Or, for instance, this is people-pleasing that we're talking about. The word that came to my mind was yes. The the word that many of us it's it's our natural go to word. It's a word that we used all the time. It was the word that you know we 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 used naturally. It was it was the one that that we didn't even have to think about usually because that's part of being a people pleaser. We we say yes 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 to everybody and everything just to keep the peace to not rock the boat. So as my brain does, I, I took this word yes, and, and I didn't have a pencil or pen with me, so I just had to do this in my mind. Vertically, I created in my mind the word yes on you know sort of a sheet of paper in my brain. And then I started thinking about this idea of people pleaser and this idea of yes. And I said, okay, give me three things. And I believe this is sort of a meditation time for me that I spend with God. And I said, okay, God, give me three things here. What 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 using these letters y e s what do i need to glean from this idea and these are what came to my mind okay so let's take the y first i believe that as people pleasers those within the queer community yearn for acceptance i believe that one of the core desires of all human beings is to be accepted to be invited in, to belong, to be one of. And I think that because of our natural sort of self-separation, with even with our own brains, 
that we were different, that we weren't like other people, that put us sort of on an island, that there was a part of us that yearned so badly for acceptance. We wanted it, and we were willing to do whatever it takes. We were willing to be whoever we had to be to receive it. So to me, that's the why, yearning for acceptance. That was sort of the motivation in my mind behind my people pleasing. That that's why I wanted to be accepted. I, and when I say accepted, I mean I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be belong. I I wanted to be appreciated. That's what I mean by acceptance. I wanted those things, and I thought if I could, you know, be whatever and whoever they wanted me to be, these people in my life, then I could get those things. Does that sound familiar to you at all? So that's the that's the first lesson that I take from this. It was the yearning for acceptance. What about the E? Well, here's another thing that <laughs> that I think that, that that we're really good at. We expect to sacrifice for it. You know what? We we convinced ourselves that because of who we were and how we were and how we were less than and and the self-loathing and the judgment that many of us had on ourselves, especially before coming out of the closet and getting some affirmation and inclusion and belonging in other groups and with other people, there was this self-hatred that many of us had while we were in the closet. And so, therefore, we felt if we were ever going to be accepted and loved and belong, we had to sacrifice. We had to sacrifice what we wanted. We had to sacrifice even who we were. And instead, present to them, ta-da, who we thought they wanted us to be. So if I could use a term that is well-known in the Christian world, we became martyrs. And I believe that some of the greatest martyrs, some of the people that have the highest grades in martyrdom, those that do martyrdom greatly are those within the queer community. And a lot of that was directed by ourselves. I think because we just felt we had to, to get the greater need. Because of the greater need, we had to do what we had to do to get it. And to get it, we felt we had to sacrifice so then we would get what we needed and wanted. Right? All right, what about the S? Well, this is the one that gripes my butt a little bit. Because I think that a lot of folks within the queer community that have practiced this idea of people-pleasing have settled for less in life. We're settlers. We've gone, well, this is good enough. You know, I've still got this family. I've still got these friends. I've still got this church. I've still got this group around me. And even though they don't know truly who I am— um, or, or, you know, I have to be something that I'm not, or I have to keep my mouth shut about things that I don't want to, or that I can't come clean of who I am, and I have to pretend, pretend, pr- pretend. It's good enough. It's good enough. It's good enough. And we settle. And here's where I am now, folks. I'm going to tell you. I am sick. To death of settling. 
I really am. I'm old enough now that I, I <laughs> I've reached a point in my life, really. I, I'm going, I'm tired of settling. I'm not going to do it anymore. I want to be and experience the best life I possibly can. And although there are times when I will choose to martyr myself for someone else because of love or because of desire to bless them or to do something for someone else, even though I may do that, I do it by choice, not because I feel I have to, because that is a big difference. Now, I wish I could tell you that people-pleasing is something that can go away overnight. And for some people, maybe it, maybe it can. But for me and most of the people that I've talked to in <laughs> all the years I've worked, um, it takes time sometimes and it takes practice. But here's the thing that I do believe. Getting better at standing up for yourself starts with one action at a time. It starts with one step. It starts for taking responsibility to look out for yourself one time, to do what you want one time, to do what's best for you one time, because that leads to another step. That leads to another account of you doing what's best for you. So maybe you're struggling right now with be a people pleaser. Well, join the club. I've got a closet full of t-shirts. Not really, but anyway. But it doesn't have to stay that way. I believe you can do it, okay? I really do. Um, don't give up. Keep working at it. And I just want to remind you guys, before we get out of here, that um, if you need Keith personally, you know, I do have my new course out. I'm really excited about it. I hope you heard the, the ad at the beginning of this podcast. I really, I really am excited about this. It's taken me months to put it together, and it's been 30 plus years in actually, you know, building the course through experience and work. So I hope you'll check that out. But if you want some individual work, I'm still coaching guys. So if you want to to check that out, please do. I would love to talk to you. We'll do a free discovery call and see if we're a right fit because I'd love to be a coach for you if you could use my help. All right. Well, that's enough for now. Until next time, heal your hurts, move your mountains, and may God truly bless you. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, my friend, this episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.